Good morning and welcome to our Friday morning chapel. A special welcome to all of the guests that are with us today visiting our campus. We are so happy that you're here. And, and uh, we have a daily chapel service every day for when we have classes on class days um, at 10 o'clock. And uh, so the order is to be found in front of you on that little bulletin you should have received. Um, one announcement, and this is for our regular students and faculty and so on. On Monday, this coming Monday, we're going to celebrate um, and recognize uh, Memorial Day, not Memorial Day, Veterans Day, excuse me, which is tomorrow, uh, in our chapel. But we're not going to do it here in the chapel. We will meet out at the military monument that will be outside. It's going to be warmer than today, but you'll probably still need a sweater and coat. So please make a note of that on Monday. I'll send out a note as well, but on Monday we will have chapel outdoors at the monument across from the Sports and Fitness Center. Lord's blessings on our worship today.
Dear fellow redeemed, grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A portion of scripture for consideration this morning is recorded in John chapter 8. We read verses 31 through 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Dear Lord, these are your words, and therefore they are the truth. We ask that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Please be seated. The email in my inbox was from U.S. Bank. It was telling me that my information needed to be updated, and if I clicked on the conveniently provided link, I could log into my account and update my information. Well, it's a good thing that I have some critical thinking skills, because there were some slight details that made me suspicious about the email. For one thing, I don't bank with U.S. Bank. (laughs) So there was that. But this was a phishing scheme designed to deceive me, get me to provide my information, and get my money. How terrible. People fall for these deceptions every day. It can be scary to think of all of the deception that exists in the world around us. Fraud schemes like this, lies and slander from people's mouths, false worldviews that are promoted by institutions of higher learning, false religions. People are deceived every day. People are trapped in false theologies that want to deceive them and harm them, and they are living their lives according to these lies. What a blessing that we have God's Word. What a treasure the Bible is. That foundation of truth that guides our day-to-day life and prepares us for eternal life. Jesus said that we should abide in his word, and that one of the results of that is we'll know the truth, and that truth will set us free. That is my encouragement for you today, is to abide in God's word, dwell in it, live in it as you would live in a house. It will set you free. Satan, unlike Jesus, who is the truth, Satan is the father of lies. It's his native language. And Satan has been working hard to spread lies all around. Can you imagine if I actually banked with U.S. Bank? I may have considered that email a little bit longer. It looked very genuine. Some scammer had spent hours 
maybe looking at a genuine US Bank email and copying some of the things, the logo looked perfect, the formatting and layout of the page was like a professional had done it. It was using a high level of English. Even details down the bottom as to customer support and so on. Parallel, paralleling a genuine email in order to deceive. Satan also has been working hard and in a very detailed way to parallel the truth with his deceptions, with falsehoods. There are false religions which, on the surface, appear to be just like Christianity. And yet, they are designed to deceive, to entrap their followers, and in fact, to keep them away from the true God. So how are we to know, how are we to distinguish falsehood from truth? Franz Pieper, a Lutheran theologian in his dogmatics book, he says how you can condense theology, all of the world's theology, into just two religions. There are two religions in the world. The religion of the law, or works righteousness, and secondly, the religion of the gospel. The religion of the law. There are many, many religions in the world which teach that it's according to your righteous deeds and your efforts that you please the deity, whatever deity that is, and earn merit before that deity. And this is very appealing to us. There's a certain logic to it. And many are entrapped by it. And you and I, we can even, if we, if we keep ourselves away from God's word, we will find ourselves drifting towards this viewpoint that God is just looking at me and my performance and so on, and I'm doing okay. But God is holy, and you and I are not, no matter how hard we try. This is ultimately an entrapping pathway to eternal destruction. The other religion is the religion of the gospel. Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The true religion, which is found in the Bible, in Holy Scripture, certainly has law in it, but the law is not there that we can attempt to please God by it. But rather, one of the purposes of the law is to show us the truth about ourselves. To show us our true condition, like a mirror. I can remember one time when I was a young man going out to dinner with friends, and then we went to a party. I got home late in the evening, and as I was getting ready for bed, I was in the bathroom, and I looked in the mirror, and to my horror, I had a piece of lettuce wedged in my teeth and covering one of my teeth. And I was thinking to myself, when did we eat? That was back at 7 p.m. Then we went out all of those hours that I was talking to people. And nobody said a thing to me. They could see it. I didn't. I thought I looked cool and everything. 
I think that's a good illustration for the purpose of the law. Apart from the law, if we don't pay attention to it, we can start to think, hey, I look pretty good. Some people will say, yeah, I'm a good person. God must be pleased with me. I've never murdered anyone or anything like that. But when we look at the law, we see the truth about ourselves. We see the truth that it's not just actual murder, but Jesus says if you've had a hateful thought toward another, that's considered murder. It's not just my actions, but also my words and my thoughts. And it also tells me the truth that God cannot tolerate sin. He must punish sin, condemn those sinners. That's something that I would not come up with by myself. But really, the purpose of the law ultimately is so that I will repent of my sins and see the need for a Savior. And that's where the gospel in Holy Scripture, that truth about Christ, shows us this comfort. Jesus, he kept the law in your place perfectly to free you from the obligation of keeping it in such a manner. And he shed his blood, he suffered and died in order to pay for your guilt and your sins and to free you from them. And I think a place we see this so wonderfully illustrated at one time is when Jesus is on the cross and he looks down at his mother Mary. And knowing he was about to depart from this life, from this world, he provides for her. John, the disciple standing there, he says, Mother, your son, son, your mother. Thereby, once again, fulfilling the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. Freeing you and me from that obligation of keeping that perfectly as God desires. And at the very same time that Jesus is doing that, he is bleeding to cover my guilt and your guilt, our failures at keeping the fourth commandment. And then Jesus, in his resurrection, he frees you and me and all believers from the burden and from the entrapment of death so that now you and I know that one day we too will rise to eternal life in heaven. So, as you live your life, you know that there will be those days where you are deceived in some way, maybe through an email, but how comforting that you can know the truth and with the guidance of Scripture, you can now use your gifts and talents that the Holy Spirit has given you to be able to live your life pleasing God, not out of obligation, but out of gratitude, and promoting His truth to others in this world who desperately need to hear it. Continue in my word. The truth will set you free. Amen. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for setting us free from sin and death by your Son, Jesus. Help us to abide in your word so that we can recognize false teachings and guard against Satan's lies. Teach us daily the truth about our sin and the truth about our Savior from sin. Guide us by your word and give us discernment to use our gifts every day for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you always. Amen.